This is Cloud Picnic with John Knable. The further back I go in my memories, the more dreamlike some of them become, and I'm not fully sure if something actually happened or if it was a dream, or maybe I'm quite confident something happened, but it feels dreamlike. The memory is more dreamlike. And um, really, the reason for that, I think, is because when I was younger, the further back I go, and I'm talking about like when I was seven or younger, especially, that like there was like infinite possibilities. I didn't really know yet what reality was. And so my perspective on things was, you know, because as human beings, our minds are, are, are designed to predict and to kind of see around corners and to visualize not just what we see, but what we imagine is there. And, and we need to do that to be able to like, to achieve anything, to even like turn a corner when we're driving in a car, you know, we have to predict that this is probably what's going to be over there. You know, we create expectations. And so when I was a kid, you know, I didn't know, you know, so, so I remember, you know, one time I was playing on the beach in, you know, on the ocean. And I just felt like my memory of that is like almost like another dimension. Like there was infinite possibility. And, and, and in a sense I was because the, the ocean is a whole nother dimension, you know, that I have still to explore, you know, even superficially. And I have one memory in particular that is a really good example where I remember we were driving past a place where you can get ice cream. So I'm from Wisconsin and they have really good custard and um, there's a place called Cops and there's a place called Oscars and um, I don't know which one it was but or if it was a completely different one but I remember the brick of that building was basically different shades of brown and cream <laughs> like from light brown to dark brown and and like tan and beige and you know like cream color and I remember specifically like basically like my mouth was watering because like I the brick just looked like you could eat it and this is a place where you get ice cream and they sold back then they didn't have as many flavors as we have now you know it was like chocolate and vanilla and you could mix it or you could you know get the flavor of the week which is maybe something unique but like so it was like all chocolate and vanilla and that's what the brick looked like and so like from my perception like I couldn't really I mean yes I I think I knew that it was brick but I also like was it was close enough to like being like that that could be ice cream like I you know you know and and you know we can you talk poetically about this even as adults but like at the time it really felt like that brick was ice cream and it brought some of the sensation of seeing ice cream okay so but you go back even further and further and I, I I think that that basically the younger you are the the the, the possibilities are literally infinite because you really just don't know what reality is and so if you were to go all the way back to the womb then then in some sense like your mind is more powerful and more amazing than it is now as an adult because you were able to basically traverse any potential world you your your body was ready to be delivered into whatever world you didn't know what world you were going to be delivered into you know and it could have been anything it could have been any kind of world any kind of dimension and you were ready for it and and your your imagination was just wild uh, this sounds really weird uh, but um and I'm I'm not trying to say that we're like, you know, we're like aliens or what I don't know. <laughs> You're like uh whatever. And some of what I'm talking about here is going to sound kind of new agey. 
But um, really, I've just really enjoyed those memories. And I've enjoyed also using my imagination throughout my life. And there have been times in my life when I've used it very little and times in my life where I've used it a bit more. And, um, and in recent years, I've discovered that I can kind of tap into uh, my imagination and into my memories in a way I've never really put a name on before and I've never really done uh, to this level. And I've been really, really enjoying it. And I think that it is actually kind of like a key to life that I'd like to share with people because it's a literal known. I never really hear people talking about this, but it has definitely produced greater creativity in me. And uh, I've noticed that when, when I do it, when I, when I do it, then in the, you know, preceding hours and days, like I tend to be better at problem solving uh, because of that creativity. And also I've found that it really helps me to uh, focus on positive things and to really just feel the pleasure of of knowing that I my mind I can use my mind to kind of go into a different place and I can uh, it's not necessarily like virtual reality it's a little bit more like augmented reality where it kind of layers on top of this reality and makes it and colors it better you know so um, I like to call it um, fantastic uh, visualization or fantastic imagination or fantastic remembering um, and uh, it is somewhat related to these other concepts I'm going to share with you which have terminology behind them which I had to look up and like disc- like really search for to even find these terms because like nobody talks about this so I found a, uh, an article uh, that explains it a little bit so the article is called uh, The Practice of Liminal Dreaming by Jennifer Dumpert and it's on the cosmosjournal.org. Um, but um, uh, she does do a really good job of explaining what liminal dreaming is. And, and this is a little bit adjacent to what I'm talking about. It's not necessarily exactly the same thing. But she says, there are two dream states that together make up liminal dreaming, hypnagogia, hypnagogia and hypnopompia. As you fall asleep at night or into a daytime nap or struggle to stay awake when you're exhausted, you pass through a hallucinogenic, psychedelic, swirling realm that feels partly like dream and partly like awareness. That's hypnagogia, the kaleidoscopic, free associative dream state that artists, scientists, and thinkers of all sorts harness for various purposes. In the morning, you surface from sleep through the swimming realm of hypnopompia. Lying warm, so so basically, you know, hypnagogia is going to sleep, hypnopompia is waking up, but otherwise they're kind of the same thing. So anyway, that was a side note. So then she continues. Lying warm and cozy in your bed as you slowly awake, you might notice that something that began as a thought has become a dream. Memory shifts into story as your mind sinks back into dozing and you realize you aren't actually as awake as you thought you were. Then you know you're in hypnopompia, the twin of hypnagogia. So I think that was a really good explanation of these concepts. And if you were to continue reading the article, she she kind of focuses on like the dream side a little bit more. But what I'd like to focus on a little bit more is um, like the being awake. So, um, so what I like to do is um, yes, I, I I'm it's so much easier to fall into when you're falling asleep or when you're waking up. Um, but especially when you start to pay attention during those times and you start to practice this then you can start to like actually basically kind of bring it on whenever you want um especially if you you're in a a time in a place where you could potentially take a nap so even if you don't actually fall into a nap you can um 
basically just by like quieting your mind and quieting your surroundings maybe put on some classical music or maybe some like house music or EDM or something like that uh, softly in the background and and, and it, that can that can help um, but you don't necessarily need it and then you you start just visualizing and what I would re- recommend is you start with your memories uh, before you even think about the other side of it um, and you just remember things just go back in your memory and just remember things remember things that have happened to you remember experiences you've had crazy experiences especially the best experiences and your childhood experiences and try to remember things that you haven't thought about in ages Um, or maybe no don't put any effort to it just 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 think backward and and remember whatever comes to your mind and eventually maybe try is a bad word because you're you might start with memories that like are like on the fringe of what you you have thought about regularly but you you know but maybe towards the bottom of that bucket but there are things that you can kind of easily call up whenever you want you know there are certain things that if you live a life kind of a robotic life or a serious life or a business focused life or an ambitious life then you're not going to spend a lot of time thinking about your memories actively and just certain things are going to come up regularly and especially if like trauma or things you haven't dealt with or or maybe some of your best memories the most memorable things they're going to come to the surface by by default so what this is about is is expanding that and and you have a huge pool of memories that you just don't don't take the time to access very often and and it is a form of meditation because you have to take the time to set aside especially at the beginning to actually do this in a quiet place, basically, in a quiet moment. And so you you go towards the bottom of the bucket of what's kind of basically in, in your ready reserve. And then um, and then after you've done it a couple times, it's like your mind by by default wants to go deeper. Like it probably actually wants to take the time to really revisit some of the more accessible memories. Um, and, and maybe you really need to th- kind of process those and maybe that's what you need to be processing but eventually it's going to go deeper and it's going to find a memory that you really haven't thought about in, in, in a long time and and then it's going to go deeper and deeper and deeper and like it's been really cool for me like to, to just remember these childlike experiences which were somewhat dreamlike you know um and and full of creativity and imagination and to remember the kind of person i was the kind of perspective i had back then and it kind of see life from a different perspective and also there were certain points in my past where I could have I had choices that I could have diverged along different branches and I ended up along the branch of life and choices that I've ended up in but just to remember the fact that I had a choice and I had directions I could have gone and and that has been phenomenally valuable for me to just remember these things um and and to to remember just the possibilities in life and and especially what tends to happen is uh, after a while is that pretty much I've realized that I have so many positive experiences and positive memories to draw from and I can basically call them up whenever I want and 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 I've become pretty satisfied in life and like my life has gotten way easier I'd say than when I was a kid um but and so like you know I'm pretty confident and pretty 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 content with life so I don't necessarily have too many traumas that kind of try to surface all the time right now but um but whether my times or my moments are are difficult or happy I can kind of draw and go go deeper and um and one thing I will say too 
um, related to both the imagination part and the memorying part is I have, I have, I have smoked weed and, uh, you know, probably I can count on my fingers the number of times I've done it, but I actually really, really like it. And I think it's a really good thing. And I really think drugs should be legalized, but regulated. Um, but I don't think that anybody should be doing drugs when they're illegal. And then you're supporting the, the illegal activity of the trafficking of the, those drugs. So let me just put that disclaimer out there. But I do think that there's value in them. And um, as a Christian, I mean, going back to the Bible, like in Genesis, you know, God told Noah that, you know, uh, I've given you every every plant and seed for you, you know. So um, God created the plant that is the marijuana plant. And so I think that there is some purpose for that, you know. Uh, we know that uh, opium is is incredibly addictive, and so it should not be used rec- recreationally. We just know that by the fruit of its use. Um, but we also know that opium produces morphine, which has been uh, has life saving properties and, and and certainly helps people to deal with incredible pain when they're going through surgery and all kinds of other things. Right. So so we don't. I'm not just suggesting that. God would say that we can just have free license to use anything whenever we want. Of course, there's things that are poisonous too, uh, but but there must be some purpose behind the marijuana plant, and and maybe maybe it's actually okay to smoke it res- recreationally in the right environment, on occasion, uh, you know, without getting addicted to it, right? So, but it one of the things it has done for me. Uh, it, sometimes it's been I've had bad experiences, but sometimes I've had really good experiences where it's really just like like just drawn forth the most positive memories and thoughts and and I've had great imagination and just just I could think of nothing but positivity and um you know it can be a nice experience well well you don't need marijuana when you practice this form of meditation um and 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 maybe maybe (laughs) uh well anyway so you don't you don't need drugs and that's one of the greatest things about this is is you can actually access those parts of your mind without being, being under the influence of drugs at all. So, so that's one of the nice things about this too. So moving into the uh, imagination part, um, one okay, actually I want to talk briefly about photographic memory because in that state of hypnopompnea, um, uh, several times I've noticed that like I'll be waking up and I'll have photographic uh, visions where it feels absolutely like my... Um, like what I'm seeing in my mind is just like absolutely every bit as real as if my eyes were opened because I can I can describe every single detail and sometimes it's like something so benign like I remember waking up once and seeing like the scene of a street with um, with traffic cones but but I could describe every single detail and it's like it it was just absolutely photographic and that was really cool and I've noticed that I've been able to do that many uh, several times you know while I'm in that state of waking up Um, and so sometimes these images will come or 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 here's another one I'll imagine a person that I've never seen before and um, but I can imagine that person in absolutely perfect detail they look like a real person and this is an amazing thing about artificial intelligence too because artificial intelligence can actually generate um, images of of people that don't exist and that have never existed that's a new technology so it's actually kind of interesting to make the comparison Um, and then um, another thing that artificial intelligence can do this is there's this famous tool called DALI 
that it can generate images that never existed before. All you have to do is give it a text command. In fact, the cover art for this podcast was generated by Dali. I, I said, give me an image of, of a cloud picnic. And it generated several images for me, and I chose the one that I thought was most appropriate. And this image for this cover art never existed before in the history of mankind. Nobody, nobody drew it. Actually, I think what I did was I said, give me an image of a cloud picnic uh, in an impressionist style. And so it can, the artificial intelligence can, can draw from the history of, of impressionist uh, paintings, and it can draw from the entire probably database of Google images of, of clouds and picnics and anything that, you know, whatever the search results for cloud picnic would be on Google, and it can generate an image. It's, it's absolutely amazing. Um, and so our minds can do that too. And uh, we can imagine things that don't exist when we put two concepts together. I mean, that's kind of one definition of the imagination. And uh, another thing that I want to just kind of call to mind here is the fact that um, we are... I, this, so this is a thought that I've realized like while doing this, this kind of practice and meditation is I, I realized that I... I have a belief uh, that I've discovered that I have that I didn't have before. And that belief is that um, what we see with our eyes is, is, is that, well, it's not the real world. I mean, actually, there's a lot of science behind this. You know, we, when, when, especially the science behind like illusions, you know, we, we see things that aren't there. Our perception of the world is actually not uh, a one-to-one relationship with the actual reality. Are, especially because you know we're perceiving with eyes that are imperfect. I'm nearsighted, you know, and so I certainly can't see the world perfectly. But we also use all of our senses. But also, there's probably senses that we don't have, or at least um, w- our senses are limited within each sense because of, obviously there's colors on the outer range of our senses of color that we, of of sight that we can't access. So there's there's limitations to our senses, but uh, but I believe that what our what our eyes do is they, they send these images to our brain, but we actually have to basically recreate the entire world in our brain, um, and and that's the only way that we're able to reason it through and understand what's going on, and um, so so actually that's an amazing thought when you think about it because in a sense like our brains contain the entirety of reality. Well, really, the, our perception of reality. So our brains are that capable and, and that capable of creating creating uh, and imagining. And so in reality, we're actually imagining the reality, but it just so happens that the reality that we're imagining is, is at least a lot closer to the actual reality than anything else we could imagine. But, um, but our imaginations are so powerful that we can imagine anything else that's outside of reality and and when I was talking about how going back to being a child you know that there was times in our lives going f- the f- further back we go when when there was infinite possibilities for what reality could be and our pers- our understanding of reality was was so limited so much more limited than it is now and then you can also imagine the fact that that's actually still true and that our our perception of reality is so limited compared to what it actually is 
And except for the fact that as adults, especially when we get into ambition and business and seriousness and all these uh, things, we tend to end up believing that our perception and reality are very closely aligned. And we don't really, and we take that for granted and we don't really, we take for granted the, the idea, we don't realize that we're, we still have a limited perception. So, so the other thing that I'll do is I'll just kind of start. So sometimes images will come to my mind and then it usually, it usually kind of happens that way that an image will first come to my mind, like out of nowhere, some image of something that never existed before that I've never seen in, in real life will come to my mind. And it can be something so benign or it could be something so fantastic. Um, it can be as benign as, as traffic cones on a street. And I've never seen that street before with those traffic cones in exactly that pattern. But it looks very realistic, like something that could exist in reality, but it never has. So kind of like Dali, right? But I, I imagine it, or it comes to my mind. Well, then other things, sometimes other things will come to my mind, like the image of a creature on an alien world that I've never seen before, like an absolutely fantastic creature. And, and something so cool that if you were to put it in a movie, people would be like, wow, that's amazing. That's so cool right? Um, and yet it's never existed before. Something completely unique. Um, so something will come to my mind and then I'll follow it. I'll follow the train of that. And, and then, and then I realize that my mind is kind of like taking snapshots and like going from thing to thing to thing and it can jump. And then all of a sudden I realize that I'll have an, a, a vision of something and then I'll jump to a completely different vision. Or, or maybe there, there's like a molding process, kind of like the movie Fantasia by Disney. Um, so it'll either mold into a different image kind of, or it'll jump to from one image to something completely unrelated. And, and so, and then I couldn't go to the next one and the next one and the next one. And well, when I say it's unrelated, it seems unrelated, but actually I believe that, um, these two completely unrelated images are connected by something. And there's a reason why my mind wants to go from one thing to the next, because there's some synapse or synapses in my brain that are connecting the two things. And it can be association. It can be memory that connects two things. Um, and then I've discovered that, like, I can fire off literally, like, um, like five, six um, images in a, the space of a second, where each and every one of those images is completely unique, something I've never seen before or thought about. And like, it, it's it's very kaleidoscopic. You could say hallucinogenic, and um, you know, sometimes it's like different styles. Like I traverse between different styles, uh, like you know, maybe more impressionistic to like. This is such a limited way, limited way of describing it because the styles are so much more massive. But like, could be from like an impressionistic to like a more like um, Anthony Warhol to like um, like you know something very realistic and something very benign and something very fantastic. But the entire time, I have full control and I'm really fully awake. And I hear everything that's around me. And there's, I'm not really, I wouldn't really describe it as uh, truly dreaming. It's more awake than dreaming. But I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm like partially in control um, and partially like surrendering to just what's happening. Like, and, and I'll, I really am, it's kind of like there's streams and I get to choose which, which stream to take. Um, but the paths kind of present themselves. And I think the paths are already there because of my brain. Because my brain has uh, like a, 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 these memories, 
this bed of memories and this bed of imagination that's just already there. And so all I have to do is kind of take the active choice to kind of explore it. Because um, you have memories and you can't control. You're not in control of what memories you have, right? So it's kind of the same thing of with your imagination. You're not in fully in control of the imagination that's already there. Uh, but you do have the control about which memories you access when. And, and, you know, even though some people would argue that sometimes memories come to your mind, you can't fully control, especially like somebody with PTSD. So, um, but you can, you can kind of like you're in a canoe and you're like, you know, rowing and you're kind of going in certain directions. So it's really, really fun. It's really amazing. It's so cool to just remind yourself that there are infinite possibilities in this world uh, or not in this world, but whatever. And to also take the time to remember and give value to your previous memories and, and to bring them back because you're, you're missing out on so much value there because you have so many memories that have taught you so many things or that can teach you so many things, but you haven't, you haven't valued them. You haven't really fully valued them to their full extent of value. And so taking the time to do that is, is just so, so valuable and so worth it. So this is my, um, my other secret to life. Um, these two things, I mean, I'm putting these two things together as, as really important for life. And I, I'm, I know I have way more other secrets and keys to life. You know, everybody does. Um, and, and maybe these aren't the most important ones, but these are so interesting and important because they're, they're something you do for yourself. They're, they're something you can do and nobody else. I mean, obviously maybe, maybe somebody can steal your phone or your mp3 player from you or whatever but um but essentially nobody can take this stuff away from you and you like in this day and age you know most people have a phone and you know whatever but but with the memory thing definitely nobody can take that away from you and and so you you have this infinite power like no matter what situation you're going through um even if it's a, if it's a very difficult situation or a traumatic situation or or a violent situation or whatever, you you have the power, the ability to kind of remember this. And so I'm not saying discard reality at all. Don't discard reality. Live in reality and do the best you can in the reality that you have before you. But don't forget that you have access to this and it will help you to realize that there's these infinite possibilities and it'll help you to problem solve into in, in your actual reality that you live in to realize that there's there's so many potential options that you have and paths you can take and your your mind's going to open up in that way so it helps you really to engage in reality and i think that's one of the problems with drugs people get addicted and then they're like just staying outside of reality and they're not living in reality so i and and maybe with some of that new age stuff people get kind of obsessed with this stuff and like it becomes like really 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 core to the identity and then they can't relate with other people and whatever i don't know but i i think this is a tool that you can use and I'm so happy that I found it to kind of discovered it um, and I didn't discover it through like reading or like learning from anybody else I just discovered it on my own and then I only did a little bit of research just to discover that there is some terminology and I'm not alone and some other people have discovered this too and there have been claims that some really famous geniuses and whatever have used this kind of this kind of thing as well but you know I, I don't know that they've ever written about it you know in great detail or whatever but um, so that is fantastic visualization, imagination, and remembering. 
from Genesis 1. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb-bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat. From Psalm 139, this is from David. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Thanks for listening to Cloud Picnic. There's a link in the description where you can send me a voice message with your feedback, questions, or any topics you'd like me to bring up in the future episodes. And let me know if I can use your voice in the episode if you send me one. All right, see you next time.